seconded from the army for security duties, who's never far away from a girl, and always closer than close to trouble. Now get this. I'm going to tell you until I know you're clean. And if you're not clean, I'm going to kill you. Both these men cover the British security network, but each keeps his own counsel and his own secrets. The one on the left is Dolby of the Home Office, a passed over major, but nothing passes him by now. A word in your shell-like ear. If there's anything to report to Ross, I report it. Understand? Yes, sir. This is Colonel Ross of the War Office. I want you to do a job for me. Any choice? Frankly, no. She's Jean Corte, one of the agents Harry works alongside. But whose side is she on? You're working for Ross. He sent you here. Don't be silly. I'm working for Dolby. Between the kisses and the double crosses, they are all working for somebody. Whilst you get the closest workover of them all as you actively share the stark, dangerous secrets of the Ipcrest file. For today's most sensational hypnotic meeting with suspense. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm Mick Kelly. Mick Kelly. And uh, welcome welcome to our March edition. Uh, I shouldn't really say the months because... No, nah, because we generally yeah. don't do it. But uh, it's a lovely summer's... Ma- summer's and it's a bird ma- who's like giving us criti- critique already. My gosh, there's a crow right outside the window. It's, but it's a stormy day. It's a warm day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's and a warm day. Shut up. I know. So we've got sound effects, which yeah. is quite apt, actually, before we jump in. <laughs> yeah, Especially with all the names of the... <laughs> yeah. A crow. Now, what do you associate crows with? No, death. Death and horror, don't you? Yeah. Now, do you remember on the last podcast, probably not, uh, you uh, you mentioned a certain legendary uh, film actor who we both adore who passed away a long time ago, but was in many horror films. Do you remember these comments you made? No. Do you not remember? No, that was Who's one of your favourite horror actors? Of all time. Of all time. Peter Cushing. He was indeed. Peter Cushing. Do you remember now? I do. Right, now, if you remember, our dear listeners, uh, we were talking about the Peter Cushing kind of like festival that's going to be going on soon uh, yeah. regarding the Graham. Well, 
Simon Wade, Wadey, or Wadey, Wadey, I think he probably is. Do apologise, Simon. Um, but he's the guy who's kind of running the show on Brilliant. this kind of wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And he sent me an email. So I'm just going to read a little bit of this out, not too much, because uh, yeah, obviously I don't want to spoil anything that he's going to be doing. Because, hello, Simon, hope you're well. Just listen to your Shining episode. Excellent, even though I personally don't like the film. I prefer the book. Still praise there again. Yeah, However, yeah. I just wanted to reassure Mark that the festival is going ahead next year in Whitstable on the 23rd to the 24th of May. Okay? Um, so there's going to be an initial press release. This is for Waffle On fans who get to know this. will be issued on the 26th of May, which, of course, is Peter Cushing's birthday. So uh, as soon as we get some information from Simon or as soon as that, uh, that kind of like promotion sort of lands... Uh, we will be putting it on the podcast uh, website on the, and on our emails and, of course, on our Facebook and other kind yeah. of social medias because it's something we, we're both quite excited about, aren't we? I've, I, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen a Peter Cushion film on the cinema, on a big screen. I have. What? Oh, no, I don't mean I was going to say... I was thinking, the only one I think of... Right. Was he in Condor, man? No, Biggles. I saw Biggles at the cinema. I'm sure that he's in Biggles, isn't it? Yeah. But I've done it for something similar. Oh, it's hard to think. Would you class the latest Star Wars film? Or would you class the oh, new yeah, one? We, uh, no, uh, uh, Rogue One. That's a good point. And I did go... Mm, it's not really Peter Cushing. I did go... Even though I don't know what I New Hope. I did go and see Star Wars and the cinema come back round to actually... I'm, I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm going against myself there. But you mean like a hammer or... Yeah, like the a classic. Yeah, because he's even a you know, major role in something. Mm. Yeah. It's going to move the microphone a bit, so if there's any noise there. Um, God, that crow is really joining in. We, we might as well call him the third guest, <laughs> I suppose. Um, we got also some uh, new news, some platform news. Um, as you know, you can download Waffle Arm from Podbean, and you can also get it from various uh, podcast catchers, do you call it really, I suppose? Like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, oh. uh, Acast, we're on Acast now. Um, but we've also signed up to a thing called Podcoin. Now, Podcoin doesn't cost you, the listener doesn't cost us anything, <laughs> uh, and basically what it is, you get coins mm. for every time you download a podcast from there, the Doctor Who podcast is on there, some famous ones on there, and we're just on there now. So we get coins if you download us, and so do you. And then you can you know, transfer these coins into gifts later on. Obviously, you've got to download a fair amount of them. So if you fancy helping us out and helping yourself out, you know, download it from there. Very they good. pay when you play. Very That's good. not their slogan. I came up with that. That's very good. I means. should get money. Yeah, yeah. why don't you text, why don't you tweet some that? I should do, but let's just get off the ground first. They might throw us off. Um, now, before we get into the meat of the podcast, uh, have you got anything you want to get off your chest? Right. We have been talking about something on and off now for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, this is mainly, I'd say, for our British listeners. Yeah. Uh, you know, a general is for anyone... Because everyone in their own country has TV like this. Yeah. And it originally come from America, didn't it? It didn't. Right? Mean. But now we're going to talk about Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. Now, I think he's a dick. But <laughs> we're not. this is not that, because we both think he's a bit of a dick. He's a dick. But this is not about him personally, because no. that's whatever you think. That's a personal opinion on someone. This is about the format of the show. Yeah. And uh, we'll try and... Put this for a bit of groundwork. Now, most people in England are going to know what we're talking about. Yeah, but for those and, outside, anyway, outside of Britain, who, who are like in the States, wherever you are, basically, someone when it's like a uh, like a, a show that like Springer or mm. Opera or whatever, where someone comes on and they they'll do a lie detector test or have a paternity test or whatever. DNA, DNA. Then test. people are whooping up in the crowd, and then they'll. They've got the security guard who runs mm. in and breaks it up. Which is like very Steve Jerry Springer. Like used to be, you know, for yeah, you, Very it? Jerry Springer. Very it, Jerry right? Springer. Yeah. And he'll go on and try and help them. But basically, there was a paternity test. Then a week later, the person who failed the paternity test killed himself. Mm. And basically, he was saying it, the thing it's to do with the show, even though it's not really, is it? No, there's, there's other, things, there's but other the point, stuff that but the point is, it's like causing an eruption in British TV. Where it's basically, called a reaction. A reaction. Mm. I don't, you know, whether it's an overreaction is a different point, but I don't like the programmes like that. But it was taken off air, which is, but then it was cancelled. Yeah. Now, this is not just a small show. This is a big show for ITV at that time of day. It's, it's a not mo- massive, it's a, like, no, 20 million people. It's a, mid, mid, it's a mid-morning show, isn't it? Maybe? Yeah. Normally, it's a, you know, show to students, unemployed and housewives. Yeah. Well, house fathers. Well, house fathers, yeah. House fathers. <laughs> um, but well, basically, it's been taken off, and there's been a big... For all in the British press, is what you know, as this kind of pro got a space on TV. Now, 
I'm all for whatever anyone likes. I love TV. It's my life. I've given up my luck for TV. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, it's never got me anywhere. Uh, but <laughs> the point is, uh, even though I'm into freedom of speech, and I really am into freedom of speech, I just don't think there's a place for this kind of programme. Uh, and this is me probably being a wee bit snobby, and I'm not a snobby person, but I just don't like to see people air the dirty laundry in public. Mm. I believe it's private, and I know he did help a lot of people, because that's been proven he has helped a lot of people people, into rehab and all Mm. that. But to me, is that entertainment with a crowd whooping it up? Well, the thing is, right, the programme was on for 14 years. Yeah. Right. Now, the only reason why a programme will be on for 14 years is if there's a viewing platform for it. So there obviously is a viewing platform for that kind of programme. Now, I think it would be wrong to turn around and say that, you know, we've all seen it. We've all probably enjoyed it at times because there's always part of us that likes seeing somebody who's got book teeth, maybe one eye, dresses terribly. And they sometimes have an amazing story where they've slept with their, you know, sister or something like that, you know, just an example. And you kind of go, bloody hell, there's other people like this. Now, my attitude is is that, that you know you don't have to go on these no. programs, you know. But what the problem that I have is is it's recently come out the fact that of course you had people turning up there in very nice clothing, maybe a suit or something like that. Probably had their hair combed nicely or whatever like that. Now in Britain we were notorious for our teeth anyway, so you but, can excuse that. But then I would get them to wear a chavy tracksuit. Now over here in the UK, if you generally wear a tracksuit, unless you're going to the gym or sports kind of thing, yeah. you're known as a chav. Yeah, yeah. And there's no excuse for anybody for wearing tracksuits in pubs. I'm no, sorry, no, no, no. I am snobby. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's just the way it is. And then they would get them to like dress in really downy clothes and mess the hair up, and then you know give them like a drink. Mm. And then what they'd also then is whisper to them, saying, "We've just heard next door that the person you're coming to argue with because he's absolutely slagging you off." Yeah, do it. So wind them up. Now there's no yeah. No, we all know that TV is set up. Of course it is. But that is out of order. And also we found out as well that when the lie detector test became inclusive, which means as you know, as a bit like the referendum to say, there's no no plus no minus. They would then mess something up. There's no excuse for that because that. that is really messing with somebody's life, and I'm sorry, but and the vulnerable, even if they didn't know it themselves, yeah, you know, psychologically, they're vulnerable. So, I have no qualms whatsoever about it being taken off. Now, do I, I don't bl- solely blame Jeremy Carl, no, he, don't he obviously the show, does he? but he obviously knows what goes on, yeah. okay? But he's not, he's not the person who has, you know, there's a whole team behind this. From producers to directors to showrunners, everybody. And I'm sorry, but it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like someone saying, well, you know, I was one of the soldiers that were there when they shot a load of people. I didn't actually pull the trigger, but I saw it. Well, you didn't do anything about it, did you? You didn't do anything about so it, yeah. everyone's to blame on it. It's a, is it a good thing? Well, yeah, probably, because the fact that they can use that money then to make some decent TV. I think it's come... Uh, I think, it, you know, it's come at the end of the... It's like I said in America, I was, you know, because it's been... You know, I was reading a thing, an interview in the Times away again with Jerry Springer saying why he went away from... Mm. He said because when he started off, he generally wanted to... I thought, I can help people and show people around the, the America the, the, yeah, yeah. that all people have normal problems. He said as it went on, it got further and further away from what it was. And as the ratings went up, he noticed mm. more severe people and yeah. bigger problems. He used, to think, he, said, he used to think to himself... Shouldn't this be done in private? Well, and like, that's why he stepped away yeah, from it. It's not what you said. It's, it's like a modern-day freak show. It is. And But the, I think as well, I would be more than happy to ban all of those kind of shows because I've never had any time for Big Brother apart from the first two series, which I thought was fantastic because it was experimental. It's new, it was yeah, new. I don't know. I, I don't well, know I think that's what it's gone for. I think the time for it has gone. Because it was just attracting... You know, egotistical freaks. Yeah, and also the same with stuff like Love Island. Now, well, I notice they haven't talked about that. I mean, two people have committed, committed suicide. Again, we are not saying that they committed suicide oh, no, because of the program, but they committed suicide for a reason. Now, whether it's because they were, you know, they were depressed, or whether it's the fact that they were suddenly shot into fame through an unrealistic point of view, because as we all know. Shows are edited yeah, yeah, yeah. to show you the best and also the worst of people. You know, I could edit this podcast where you come across as a totally miserable art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is how that. This yeah, is how yeah, they yeah, can yeah. Do it. 
And so I'd, I'd be happy to get rid of all those. Now, I don't mean competitive shows like, you know, Bake Off no. or Cooking Show or, or Quiz Shows because that's different. No. But anything where you are living in somewhere where, you know, ultimately, you know, you can't film somebody 24 hours a day and you come across as saintly. You could be, you, could be too, you know, um, Mother Teresa. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm sure she turned around and hit her foot against the door and said, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'd be happy to get rid of it. So it, that, that's what's happened really, the big thing over here, isn't it? Yeah, and like I said, it's been going on for about three weeks now. It's like I was reading an interview with um, Danny Dyer, not uh, male Danny Dyer, his daughter. His daughter, Danny Dyer. Who won Love Island. Love Island yeah. And she was saying she knew from the beginning I'm going to have an amazing year. Mm. And after that year, I've got to sort my life out. Yeah. And that's why she said she's got like, she's like been going to college to educate herself and she wants to become an actress. She's going to go acting. Because she said, you've got to know that. I said, the mm. more you that. I said, but a lot of people in this background think it's going to be forever. Yeah. And it's a massive high and a massive low. Mm. And, you know, it's very easy to go, well, you know, you're young and you've got to put... You, you know, these people want to be famous. Well, this is the same thing. I think, I think that relates to anything, though. Like, like um, what's his name? Uh, Jake Lloyd, who played the, the young Anakin Skywalker. You know, that, that kid was thrown into, you know, admittedly, you know, the Phantom Menace. We've all got our opinions on it. But like we said on our commentary, seriously nothing to do with that young lad. He was a, he's a good actor, but he, and he can only do what he's done. But that, that kid had, ended up destroyed having a massive him, breakdown. He destroyed, he destroyed him. him. He ended up doing drugs. I mean, hopefully he's, he's not too bad now. I don't know. But the poor lad was thrown into and no help. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and I think you ha- people have to take a response. And TV producers yeah. and companies have to take responsibility for these things. You wouldn't you wouldn't do it in a school. No, so no, why no. do you do it on TV? Now, yes, we can turn around and say, well, they're applying for it. They know what they're doing. Especially yeah. we, as time goes on. So you know what Love Island's all about. You know, like, um, Who Dares Wins, the, the, the yeah, uh, SAS yeah. thing. If you start moaning about having to do squats... Well, have you never seen the program yeah, yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So there's no excuse. Other thing, of course, is uh, Game of Thrones has now finished. You, you were excited and happy about it, weren't you? I was, yeah. We're not going to talk, talk about anything. No, because we're not a Game of Thrones. Some people don't watch it, and other people who do might not have saw it, even if it's a month away. I know how that crack works. Yeah, we don't But I'll say, I really liked it, but yet again, I was worth saying to you, the only, you know, and what a surprise, the only people being negative about it are the fans. Mm. And what is it with fandom these days? I know I listen to <laughs> Fat Man Beyond, I listen to it a lot with Vinny talking about haters in this world. It never used to be like that. I mean, we were into nerdy stuff 25 years ago when it was small. Yeah. Right? The people were positive about it. I could tell people, oh, it's great, watch this, you know, use your imagination. But now it's like, Oh, you know, oh, I could write better. No, you couldn't. No, because no, otherwise, you, 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 you would be right there. I think the trouble is with stuff like that is that, like I to answer, one of the worst things that could happen, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, popularity for a TV programme is great because it means you get more of it. Yeah. But one of the downsides of that is is that you suddenly lose the little niche group of people who are into stuff, like into Doctor Who. Like, yeah, maybe Doctor Who, new maybe fans, haven't you? And you get new fans coming because, oh, man, why would you... But also, to be fair, a lot of old fans were poo-pooing, including myself to one point. Yeah, yeah. Poo-pooing new Doctor Who because it's all like, it's not theirs. It's not there. Until you get past the fact of, well, actually, look how popular Doctor Who is now. And more people are now watching old Doctor Who. It does work. But there's so many people who just want to be negative. Sometimes, before even a film has come out. Yeah, or yeah. a TV show has come out. Yeah. And well, that Star Wars, isn't it? That new Star Wars trailer. Yeah. For God's sake, if you don't want to go and see it, don't go and see it then. Yeah. Don't go. I thought it looked nice. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars fans are the worst of that, ain't they? They're the worst. Yeah. If you don't like it, I don't like, like uh, them th- three. The prequels. The prequels. So I didn't watch them again. And mm. I, I like the new ones. Yeah. They're not amazing. No, but they're never going to be like the ones when we watched them when we were kids. Because we're not 12. We're not 12. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so and that's the point. It's like people who, who slag off stuff like Marvel films. You know what? I mean, you don't have to go and see them. And I love them. I thought, yeah, there were some weaker ones. Yeah. But that ultimately, Last Avengers, that Last Avengers, a masterpiece of that genre of cinema. I'm not saying it's the bloody Godfather 2, but for that kind of film, you can't get better than that. You can't get bigger than that. You can't get better written than that. No. People are some of the time travel don't work. It's not oh real. It's, it's not time, real. It's time travel, for God's sake. No, it doesn't exist for a start. It's not real. And it involves aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, 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 so that's a. That's our big waffle out of the way, so uh, I hope you've enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Now, on to the podcast. So, Kel, what are we talking about today? We're doing the Ipcris file. And what do we always do before we talk about it? Play a very funky number. Ooh, by John Barry.
do you know that that theme tune uh, goes throughout virtually the whole of the film, yeah, but no, in I'm, slightly different guys. Yeah, no, I love that. I love the little like jazzy. It's like you want to be smoking a smoking a fag to it. Mm. That's what it is. Like it's drink, yeah, and a bit not and a like an espresso. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Fag and espresso because that's very Harry Potter. It is very Harry Potter. Yeah. So uh, let's bang on about um, this one here. So uh, this was released on the eighteenth of March, nineteen sixty-five. It's a long time ago. This was. Uh, it was directed by Sidney J. Fury, produced by Harry Saltzman. Of course, many people will know Saltzman from being the partner of Cubby Broccoli for the Bond films. It was a screenplay by Bill Kaneway and James Doan, and it was based on the Ibquis File book by Len Dayton. Music, of course, by John Barry. So, uh, let's just talk about a little bit about. Um, well, I'm not going to talk about it, just some facts about it. Sidney Joseph Fury, born the director, of course. Born February 28th, 1933, in Toronto, uh, which, of course, is in Canada. Uh, he's also known for Gable and Lombard, The Leather Boys, and Iron Eagle. The Leather Boys. Yeah, I love that film. Iron Eagle. That's the first uh, bit of... Uh, uh, it, I watched it really weirdly. Uh, it was... Um, there was an old... G, LBG, I never know anything. Uh, LGBT, LG, well, you know. Yeah, well, I'll never go. Right. Sound like Clark's because he never gets it yeah, wrong. No. Don't you know what we mean? The rainbow group. The rainbow group, right? <laughs> there was a night on about four years ago, and it was like uh, gay cinema. Okay. And this was the first British gay cinema. And I thought, I'll watch it because I wanted to see it. And I'm, mm. I'm open to every kind of it. And it's an amazing film, you know. Really? It's about, like, it's about two bikers who meet, you know, the sort of keep meet. It's a bit like a Brokeback Mountain kind of stuff. These two blokes, mm. and they're like, they're tough guys. They've got motorbikes in the 50s, the AIDS mm. cafe and all that. Right. And they just fall in love with each other. And was it made in the 50s? Was made it? in the 50s. It's yeah. not explicit. You've got to remember that. But I mean, for the time, yeah, it's good the leather. But honestly, I didn't oh, think okay. I'd like it. Mm. And that's not being homophobic. It's just that I don't like everything. So you, you, you don't like rom-coms, do you? No, I don't like rom-coms. I wouldn't watch a film like, you know, Bringing Up Baby. Well, not my cup of tea. what what year was... Um... What year was... Pick um, Up Your Ears. That's the other big game. Pick Up Your Ears was 60s. What was the Richard Burton one where he played the gay... Uh, oh, you mean a villain? Was that that's, too? That's, yeah, that's, yeah. But that's honestly, right. anyone, want, you know, if you oh, I'm going to watch it from the back, like, uh, I'm not interested in the gay world because I'm heterosexual. No, it's a really good film. Yeah, I... I Beautiful I, I, film. I never, I never agree with that kind no, of thing. No, 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 but I say it's that... Also, it's a bit like Tony Man saying, yeah. well, you know, if you're gay, then you wouldn't like... Oh, no, four the... Actually, Four Winds of Humor does have a gay... Yeah, because I don't just like being honest about my prejudice and that men realise, oh, no, you can like things even if you're not interested in that world particularly but anyway I think, <laughs> I think you, you're talking about leather boys I think this gives us an opportunity right at this moment to say that we do stick our middle finger right up to those people protesting outside the school in England right. uh, mainly in Birmingham uh, and those people outside of the UK don't know uh, over uh, here, our curriculum is changing, and rightly so, so that um, younger kids get to understand relationships between same-sex and transgender and, you know, everybody else. Basically love, man. Uh, and there's a group of people, I think you obviously, who what, what kind of crowd they are, are uh, boycotting it all because of their religious beliefs. Well, we right. say fuck you yep. right here, yep. right now. If you don't like <laughs> it, go move over to fucking... Brunei, yeah. where they're going to stone gay people and bring your kids up over there. Yeah. Well, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Off country, yeah. off one. We this are is not a racial thing. This is anybody who's like that. Cause anybody. There's a lot of these religious people are like this deep down. Absolutely. Yeah, we are, this, this country is proud to be open for everybody, aren't we're we? Some fucking we absolutely are. No, now that we've had that run. <laughs> um, if we lose listeners, good. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Now then, Len Dayton. Uh, Leonard Cyril Dayton, born 18th of February 1929. Kelly's 90 years old, this man. Now. What? 90 years old. He's a cause of writer. Uh, most, his notable works, apart from the Euclid file, was the Bernard Sampson novels, SSGB, Goodbye Mickey Mouse, Oh What a Lovely War, uh, and Bummer. Now, um, the one thing I'll say about Len Dayton, right, is... Quick fact for you: In what part of the film where Harry Palmer's cooking, that's Len Dayton. Is it? Yeah. I and thought he did have <laughs> Honestly, trying to crack eggs with one hand into yeah, a bowl yeah. is not easy. I also own Len Dayton's cookbook. All oh, right. Yeah, I think Ray bought it for me for my fortieth birthday. Is it Ray or Peter? One of one of them. I think yeah. it was Ray. And it's a cracking book, actually. It's really good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that weren't because Mark Canada was uh, quite a jack the lad, weren't he? I think he I was. can't imagine him stopping him cooking a lot. No, I, I, I can imagine. <laughs> well, he did later on, didn't he? When he bought restaurants yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Although he didn't do any cooking, he got Marco <laughs> Pierre to do that. Uh, so the actors in this film, obviously, we've got Michael Caine as Harry Palmer. Now we're not going to talk about Michael Caine purely for the reason he's Kelsey. Would you like to have as a guest of the podcast we've done featuring? It's got to be quite a lot in that. Yeah. About four. Yeah, I, let, let me re, let me listen to they are Zulu yeah Italian job oh yeah we did do that didn't we get Carter oh yeah 
Man who would be king. <laughs> yeah. And now it's his father. No, you know, but weirdly, when I was watching... Have we done Dirty Your Heart Scoundrels yet? Yeah, I don't know. We yeah. are going to do it as well. Yeah, you know, which is weirdly, <laughs> I was thinking, mm, yeah, I think he's in my yeah, top ten actors. Do you know, because I always don't think about that kind of thing. I was like, thinking how much I love them in this way. I'm going to thought, mm, he's in my top ten actors. Yeah. Now, here's a quick thing, right? Made me what this. I'll jump ahead in the South now. Was he ever thought about as Bond? Yes. This is this is a film about how Bond would be. Because I was thinking, why didn't they think about? But because to me, it was the. It oh, was sorry. Do you mean as Michael Caine playing Bond? Bond? No, was, no, never. Did they never? No. no. Why? Why not? To me, I think he had it. No, think, because when you the description of Bond is he's uh, tall, dark haired, drawn back, um, square jawed. Um, eagle-eyed, bit like Holmes, but with a shorter nose. Yeah, because oh, no, um, I can't. That's the reason why Connery looks exactly like Bond is supposed to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the reason why he wears a tube in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just was thinking, I wonder why they did because he's thinking he was such a, he was so such a like hot actor around that time, and it's like he gives off like well, you subtle menace. You've got to think though that I mean, you know, um, Bond was sixty-three. Yeah, this is sixty-five. Yeah, so already, but you know, before this, Michael Caine only did Zulu. Now, had he done Alfie? No, I think he just done Zulu. When was the Italian job? That was sixty-five. Anyway, he hadn't done much. This could be actually his second film. So, he, he, although he'd done thirty films before this, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like you know bit parts and all this kind of stuff. He wasn't well known at all. Yeah, yeah. He was only in Zulu. He got nearly got fired from Zulu. You got to remember. Yeah. It makes me want to read a really good Michael Caine biography. I was going to. I have a couple what, of them. What's the best to. one? Um, is he done a biography? Is he done a biography? Yeah. Three. Yeah. What's it all about? What's it all about? What, it was, was his first one, I think, and the other one, uh, the latest one, I got signed. Because I met Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm more interested in probably up until about... I mean, to about, about like, he's, like, he's 90s or... Yeah. Well, I, think I like his like, his 76s and 70s and films. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll like, bring you one back after my holiday. Yeah. And you, you can yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yes, I'll just Michael Caine. Now, uh, Guy Dolman plays Colonel Ross. Now, Guy Dolman was born the 22nd of November, 1923, in Where's Hamilton, uh, New Zealand. Yeah. And he passed away 30th of January, 1996, age 72, sadly from... Lung cancer. Now, other people might also recognise Guy Dolman uh, from, uh, I think it's Thunderball, where he plays Baron, uh, I don't know. Also as the number two, uh, the first number two in The Prisoner. Uh-huh. Of course. But I think he has the most wonderful voice. Yeah. I, I just love its deep and drawing. And Nigel Green plays Major Dolby. We have talked about uh, Nigel Green, but we'll go back through it again. Uh, born 15th of October 1924 in South Africa. Passed away 15th of May 1972 of a possible accidental sleeping pill overdose. Um, although his friend Peter O'Toole um, did turn around and said that he'd been severely depressed no, uh, before he passed away, but there's no, there was no evidence to support to support that. Of course, he'd starred with Michael Caine in Zulu. Yeah, yeah. And also uh, Play Dirty. Oh, right. 1970. Well, I saw that film for a long time. Know, yeah. Other people in this film, uh, Gordon Jackson, of course, pops up. How many? You forget how Do many. Do you know I love it? Do? Because in my head, that's him. Maybe before the. Oh, they must have watched Professionals and thought, oh, we'll have him. There's so many of this film that yeah. you think that could actually be him. When he's, yeah. That was his first job. Oh, apart from him dying. Yeah, but no, but that could it could be. That, yeah. I, I'm sure that's where that was. If it, when they were looking around for uh, the older person, because mm. he's a lot. Well, I've never seen him in a play, anything but plays uh, a person called like, Jock or something. It's called Jock. Didn't it? he play? Wasn't he called Jock in Hell Drivers? Yeah, I, yeah. I just like I like <laughs> that. He never looked any different when he was younger than when he's no, old. No, <laughs> it's just Aubrey Richards plays Doctor Radcliffe. Sue Lloyd played Jean Courtney. Um, there's various other people through this, but the one that does, of course, stand out would be Glyn Edwards, who plays police uh, police station sergeant. Now, Glyn Edwards has starred in two other Michael Caine films that we have covered, Kel. He was in Zulu, because he was also the barman in Minder, if you need a bit of a... a oh, uh, right, yeah, And he yeah, also, yeah, of course, yeah. was in Get Carter, when he stabs him. I know you didn't know! Yeah, I yeah, know that's... you didn't! Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's all the, the people in it. So, let's go through the film that's it let's just talk about it. don't need to go through everything about the film but um, the, what do you think about the start of this film the, the, the thing with the the, the sign you know the, with the, the guy reading New Scientist well, does that build up something I, like I said I'll, I'll, um, I'll give my over a quick eye review what I was saying mm. what, I, what I was saying to you earlier I haven't saw this film in 
probably when I was first living with you. Oh, right. Long, long fucking time ago now. Oh, 20, 20 years. years. Five years ago. 25 years ago, right? And I think at the time, my taste was a bit more action-centric. Yeah. So if I watched a spy thing that didn't have Sean Connery beating people on a rooftop, nice. I weren't interested. Yeah. And I mean, I watched it for years, all right. I watched it on Sunday, and it, like, mind-blown. Really? Yeah, yeah, it Excellent. completely blew my mind. And I, I couldn't. And, you know, even where, at the end of it, my eyes were open because I weren't blinking. Oh, now, man. it happens with me with stuff when I'm just engrossed in it. Ever come down, he's talking to me, so he just ignored me for 20 I didn't, I didn't know he was there. Because I was so engrossed in it, it, I just really loved it. And I think, because I'm a bit older, and, like, mm. a bit more tranquil pacing things yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I do like my martial arts thing, but that, I just like the... I think the build-up is brilliant mm. because it's so mundane. Yeah. And, and I think it's that, right? These are super spies and they're like putting him on a train and this sums up Britain. <laughs> like, yeah. and I, you know, I think my problem with a lot of Bond is that the organisation's too big. Mm. I think realistically, the spy services be a lot more like they were in this. Yeah. Just one bloke. Yeah. Is this really important? They've got one bloke <laughs> and he puts him on the train and one bat's because he forgot his camera. Then yeah. comes back and then gets killed. I don't know how, but he gets shot and he don't and know. The bloke who kills him, who's the, the bodyguard for the thing, is the other bloke. Uh, he's also in the prisoner. He plays the gardener and the electrical bloke. Because uh-huh. he's got a big bald head and he's quite, yeah, quite yeah, scary yeah. looking, isn't he? Uh, this is a time, of course, as well, where you could drive a car into the train station. That's what's mad, <laughs> isn't it? And I love them. I love the old like, toy and walk through, uh, uh, not containers, I'm looking at. Uh, carriages. Carriages. Are you, the, are you coming on the 7 Valley Railway with me and Ali? I don't know, I'm on are they like that? Yeah. Because I like that. I know they got rid of them because of safety, didn't know the safety issues. Yeah, they have actually, yeah. Although, apparently, um, they had to use a steam train the other week because a train broke down and the only train they had for you was a steam train, so they put a steam train on. Oh, amazing. Okay, imagine that if you were waiting for your train, suddenly a steam train turns up. Yeah. Oh, but no, like I said, that beginning is like really good because it, like, it sort of tells you straight away. And the way it leads that into him, Harry Palmer, is brilliant, mm. brilliant writing. Yeah. Because it's so simple. It's a really simple thing, and it something goes gets missing, it kills you. You've got to go there. I like the stakeout as well. Where I like that as well when he wakes up, and then you know he has to put his glasses on. Yeah, yeah. I love that because it's the first time ever you saw a hero, so to speak, or a spy with glasses. Well, on. Well, glasses is one thing I was going to tell you about. There's a big thing in this film that I didn't notice before. This is from doing my film studies that you look at all the, the patterns in it, and the patterns is he's looking through glass. Yeah. There's loads of it, right? Because he puts his thing and he can't see, puts his glass on. The fight scene when he's in the, the mm. fight scene, it's through the windows. There's loads of the bloke shot through the window. Yeah. Everything's looked through the window. There's loads of it where people are looking through windows. There's also, I mean, fantastic directing as well, I think. I, this, one thing that stands out in this film is the directing. I love, but, the, oh, no, I, I love a, the over-the-shoulder shot. There's loads of it. Yeah. Loads of hand, you know, sort of hand steady, you know, dolly as they mm. call it. Now, loads of that going. I think it's a far better directed film than the, the Bond films, which are sort of meat and potato when it comes down to it. Yeah. Techni- you know, techn- I'm not talking technically, artistic-wise, there's not much in Bond films because they're sort of all at the same. Obviously, they went a bit of errors, they went on the 70s and that. But this is like, I thought, yeah, this is someone who's been watching French New Wave cinema because he, he shoots from funny angles, yeah. muffled sound, blurred vision, and I love all stuff like that. It's kind of realistic. Because I think, because I, I did have a look at a website that were talking about this in the films, for right. this website, and they're saying there's a lot about being, it's like the way he's gone at the beginning, his gun's in the bed, undercover. Yeah. There's a lot going on with, he's not, he's, also, out, he's an outsider. Don't you think that's very weird, though, the fact that the gun's in the bed, and he's obviously had a lady there, because he turns around to put his arm over, and she's yeah. gone, and his gun is in the bed, not yeah. under the pillow, yeah. but it's actually in the bed. And that's far better than his fucking revolver pistol, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Exactly. I hate them piddly little revolvers. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Well, there's a funny <laughs> thing about that. Uh, also, another thing, you're talking about the, the, the filming aspects of it. Yeah. Now, in the book, the book is done by innovation. Okay, it's Palmer who's narrating the book, oh, and also he doesn't have. Um, he's not called Harry Palmer in the book. There's no name. Okay, so when they came to film it, Michael Caine uh-huh. was out with Harry Saltzman, and they had to come up with a name. Uh-huh. And he said, "Well, it needs to be a really boring name. Why don't we call it Harry?" Forgetting, of course, that Harry Saltzman's called Sa- uh, Harry. Uh, yeah. And I believe, let me just check my notes here, um, that the name of Palmer. Where does that come in? Oh, yeah, here we go. 
Kane then remembered a boring classmate named Tommy Palmer, so Palmer became a surname. It suits him now, doesn't it? It really does. But that's why I think throughout the film, it's filmed as if there's another person there, another person looking at it for hey, the photo. For the exactly, that's what I was thinking. Now, that's what I'm telling you, I didn't get that. Yeah. But I got that second time. Right, okay. Well, not how many times I watched it, but I got that this time when I was older, a bit more educated in film. Yeah. And I noticed it, and I was thinking, where well, was loads of it? Because it starts off with his glasses. Yeah. He starts off straight away. He can't see. The, what the, everything's blurred. He puts it on and it all comes clear and he realises she's gone. And that is all the way through it. It's all, like you're saying, it's from a distance. Yeah. You're not with him. You're looking at him. Would you like to know some facts about the glasses? Oh, yeah. They're really cool glasses. Okay. Are they real glasses? They are real glasses, actually. And uh, there is a company that has remade those styles. Brilliant. Name me a film that gives a nod to Harry Palmer with the glasses. Oh. A new film, recent film. There's two of them. Ooh. The main characters wear glasses in it. All of them wear glasses in it, in fact. All the same glasses. And oh. also carry umbrellas. And Michael Caine's in the first one. Our worst Kingsman. Wait, Kingsman. There's a similar, similar glasses to it. Oh, right. Now, the glasses, yeah, no, I like the first one. I did like that second no. one. The glasses that they wear, uh, Michael Caine wore those, and then Dan also wore the same style. You notice that they have the three dots on the yeah, side. Yeah, they're really cool glasses. Okay, so... Harry's glasses frames were dark brown, contrary to the widely held view that they were black. Ah. They were styled called Tevio 74, manufactured by a company called UK Optical. They were already popular at the time for being a stylish and inexpensive alternative to the standard models that were issued for free by the National Health yeah, Service yeah, yeah, in right. Britain. They became even more popular after the success of this movie. Len Dayton won the same frames at this time. Those frames have been described by some as the first affordable designer frames available in the UK. Now, I remember, and the reason why I love this film, because I saw this film when I was a kid, mm. I had NHS glasses. Yeah, a lot of people did. And so, like Joe 90, this was something that I could watch and think, see, I can be cool even with these bins on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now I have to wear bins, so I have to do a Clarkson now when I'm talking to you. I have to keep putting my glasses yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, going no, on. it is cool. Now, there's a nice little line in this. You talk, you talking about the gun, which I do love these kind of like witty kind of backwards and forwards kind of things, where they state, he has to swap his gun, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he can do that. And he goes, I'd sooner have my automatic. Yeah, yeah. You'll use the Colt. I'll use the Colt. <laughs> I yeah, love yeah. that. But it's like that old match, so cooler than, uh, than his Colt, is that he's automatic. Yeah. But that's the way, that's the pettiness uh, this, this is what I like of this film. There's a lot of satire in that yeah. about the British intelligence services. Absolutely, it's yeah. a hangover of the war. It's a bunch of old men who old don't ex, know. Ex army. Ex, sorry, don't know what they're going out. And they're trying to organ him out like he's a stand up straight and yeah, all that yeah. crap, sergeant, right? And and I thought, yeah, they're even petty where they're kind of giving their own gun. That's, it, it, I mean, we, yeah, exactly. Not their gun, but they. Now he starts off. I mean, Palmer works for Ross, who's played by Guy Dorman. And he's, he's basically doing stakeouts, isn't he, and, and all this kind of stuff. And he ends up getting transferred to Dolby's thing. Now, if you'll notice, he goes into Dolby's office, it's Dolby's domestic um, employment. Yeah, yeah. That's also their production office, and that's what they called it that. So it was nobody got suspicious. Oh, right, So they, yeah. could, they could walk in. A bit like the Bond one was... Um, uh, Universal Exports. Universal right? Exports, right? Now, when, you know, they get Palmer to try and work out what's going on with all the others, and he phones up his old mate, doesn't he? Gets some information on it, and ends up going to that wonderful library. Yeah. Um, he's at the British Library, library yeah. part of the British Library. And you get that wonderful scene where he's walking up the top, and you think the guard, the bouncer, is looking up, but what you don't realise, he's looking for a book, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he's looking down at him, and he's looking down, and he, he tries to make a deal, and you've got that strange bloke with the glasses, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what I love is to fight. Outside, this one's on that, that, that I love. I love fights in films. I'm a big fight fan in films. Not real violence. I can't be. I can't like it. Makes me feel sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people get up, but but a lot of way, it's like it's unromantic. Mm. It's not like he knows, like you know, Bond knows all these martial arts and that. He's just like punching the gut. Yeah, and because I like what I like about Harry Palmer is like I keep comparing it to Bond because it's in that world, but. Bond's doing it for Queen and Country. He's doing it because he has to. Yeah. You don't want to do it. No. Because there's got this backstory that you don't know if it's in the book. Is it more about that? Way? I'm not too sure. I couldn't, I'd like I to know why why, he's, why he was fr- he was ever going to get a prison where he... Why does he fight him, though? Because he did not need to. Don't need to. Oh, surely. It can't be good. You can murder some other murderer or you go in the army. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, like, exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah, you just murdered someone, but you get away with it. But no, that fight is amazing. Again, it's shot, muffled through a window. Well, and also, it's, it's, it's shot from the viewpoint of the guy with the glasses yeah yeah oh, that's but what I like about it is the way he takes his glasses off puts his glasses in his pocket 
Yeah. And then there's the fight. Yeah, because Kingfishery, isn't it? That one called Kingfishery. Something like that, yeah. 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 Um, now, he does the thing, obviously, it's music to cook by. He puts some jazz on, he's got some whiskey. Because like, yeah, I don't like jazz. Yeah. But this is sort of that, like, 50, uh, 50s, 60s call lounge jazz, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But it's sort of not loud. It's not like a lot of music now is a bit bombastic. I find mm. that with a lot of music these days. That comes from Skizazi, that dude. that big booming thing. Mm. But he's everyone can do it really well. But that is just underscored. And it's all the way through it. Yeah, isn't it? it is. Dun, it really dun, 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 is. Just crack your soundtrack. I've got the soundtrack, actually. But I mean, he does that because obviously the, the, one of the other women in the, his office is there. You know that's a setup somewhere along the line, but you're not too sure who she's working for, no, no, whether no. she's working for Ross or Dolby, and neither does Palm, and that's what's good about that. His cooking skills, you see there, when he turns around and says, uh, the scene's been awful lot, and he says, and goes, well, it's easier to cook for two than it is for one, and she kind of rejects that. But wonderful cooking skills, as I said earlier, done by Len Dayton. Yeah, and what I like as well is I like, I like the winner because I like the beginning bit, is uh, that at the time, right, it was like only cool people drunk coffee. Yeah. And they did. Right? And uh, even though, do you know, we were the first country in the world to drink coffee. Yes. There was coffee houses before tea houses. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. It was a big, big myth that, well, we can't do coffee. Well, we were the first to drink it. Anyway, but the way, you don't just have a Nescafe. He's got a fucking, I love it, as I said, He's got his grinder out, he's got his thing, he's grinding it up, and he's just like really cool, he's having a cup of tea, reading the paper, would you a like cup a, of coffee. Would you like a fact about the coffee bar? <laughs> Go on, yeah, yeah. These are the little things I was noticing watching it. Yeah. Well, actually, there is a thing as well, that part of it, it's not totally all the way through, but part of the music is in sync with the coffee now Harry's Coffee Pot is an Insta Brewer executive producer Charles D. Corsha owned the patent on the product and Sir Michael Caine appeared in a print ad for it but you're right he makes coffee properly in this film and it takes a while to do and he he, he, he enjoys it now this is in contrast good lord look at the size of the look at that my god there's a family is anyway I mean he's 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 a working class bloke he's in the army yet and this is what I love about this character. It blows all the stereotype about working class people out of the window. You're cultured, and he said you're cultured. Yeah. So the, and then the best line, prefer birds best time. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And thank you to whoever put that yeah, on our Facebook Yeah, brilliant line, page. that. Is it such a great line? Like I said, you wouldn't probably get away with that line anymore. I don't see why not. I don't know. I'd like to see Bond say stuff like that. Yeah, probably not birds, though. Not, but no, you not birds. You don't really see people getting birds yeah, anymore, do you? Should go and get some birds. birds. <laughs> Let's go pull the but birds. it's just because you said it. Like, it's just. It's just like a normal fact. It's like he's not bragging about it. No. He just doesn't. He just does. He just yeah. doesn't. <laughs> no, he, he gets a, a tip off. Oh, he finds out, doesn't he, from the police station. He gets there and that, and that guy's there. And they leave, for somehow the, the bloke gets killed, which yeah. is a bit, bit weird. Yeah, that's they? a good point. How does that happen? Well, didn't he have a visitor? Or yeah. No, he, no, because Palmer turned up, but he wasn't Harry Palmer, was yeah, he? Yeah, so yeah. I'm saying he was Palmer. Yeah. And then killed him. And then no one ever thought about, it's not their sons are British police. It's just, it's just the way they're like, oh, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, no, no well, like, yeah. well done. Well <laughs> done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he gets a tip off that, it's all in this warehouse. They go to the warehouse and they find it's in band, it's a bit embarrassing, but they do find a bit of tape that says, Ipcris on it. Then we get him, see him in the supermarket. Do you yeah. know what the supermarket is? What? Safeways. Is that Safeways? Safeways. But that sums it up. Would you see Bond in a supermarket? No. No? And that's what I like about it. It's like, he's a spy, but he's still going to go to sugar shopping. Mm. And, and he, I love that stuff. And I love that interaction between him and Guy Dolman. No, 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 they're constantly banging the things yeah, to each yeah. other. Yeah. It's the way he turns around and says, uh, I guess, uh, you're, you're paying 10 pence more just for the label because he's buying French butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do taste better. But yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and it, 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 I love that. Also, I don't know why he's buying tin mushrooms. Maybe you couldn't get mushrooms then. I'm not too it, sure. It's hard for us to judge now, isn't yeah. it, that we can just go, but maybe you couldn't get champagne. Because there is champ- nothing champ- worse than tin mushrooms. Yeah, but champ- maybe that's all you could get then, you know, out of season. Because I think we live in a world now where there isn't seasons in food. You can get whatever you want, whenever you want. But, grow, you know, then you probably didn't. You probably got whatever was there unless it was tinned. Yeah, exactly. And everyone had tin then. Yeah. Ross turns around in the, in the supermarket and says like you know he wants him to kind of tape him doesn't he and he refuses which I like that it's kind yeah, of yeah, you, know, yeah. you, don't, you know you're not playing me is it uh, and then he goes back to cook dinner for the lady and she goes do you always wear your glasses and he says do you know what he says no uh, he turns around and, goes, and she goes uh, do you always wear your glasses and he goes yeah except in bed yeah except in bed that is so cool ladies. it really is now again we see a little bit later on we do see the, the man with the glasses when they go to that bandstand where he sits with, part, uh, with Dolby, doesn't he, listen to that. But music. this is a good little bit as well, that there's these people living in this other, other world, this old world, because I think this room is definitely, I think this is happening a lot in 60s cinema, wasn't it, with yeah. the old times, and young people wanted different, some of the way, they're all watching this 
dreary right. fucking brass bands and there's hardly yeah. anyone there yeah only people there are old people yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and that, that's such a shame actually yeah. because now that kind of music is very popular yeah yeah but then it's like you suppose it's swing in London you're the height of swing in London also only 20 years after the war yeah do you know what I mean and I think a lot of people didn't want that old generation of thought this is they've done nothing for us they've done nothing for us you know war and everyone's poor we want to have our own thing now and that's why and that one, you know, the old mage is still stuck in our, he's tapping away in there. Yeah, and he's now in his, uh, he's walking to the, 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 <laughs> the CIA guy. Yeah, the CIA guy with his They do an exchange, don't they? Where they, um, they, they meet the guy, the, the scientist bloke, and they're going to do this exchange to get Which them. is weird, isn't it? I think this is a little bit as well that you're thinking, this is British, and so, still, you know, why can't you get him back? Because yeah. this sums up, we were not on our way down then. Yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. another organisation. You have to buy. Exactly. Buy so. What do you think about the exchange in the car park? Do you like that exchange? Yeah, again, it's, I like it because one, they've got Sten guns. You all love Sten, Sten guns. guns. Even though they were like shit, my granddaddy was having. But I like that, the way it's really menacing. And this is happening just in a crappy little car park. Yeah, yeah. Really, really car park. And then it all just kicks off for no, for no strange well, reason, really. It kicks off because. The, isn't, it's the guy with the glasses isn't it who we now find out of course yeah. we thought it was just another person going on the buy he, he must run from one pillar to the other and Palmer sees him and thinks it's a setup and shoots him, shoots him yeah. and you end up finding out that of course is part is either the FBI or yeah, the CIA yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're not too sure who he is but then you get the black guy then and that's the guy well he is a black guy yeah yeah uh, but I, love another, I love the way that he's got a chill on and a yeah, pipe yeah and the way, the way he goes he's not bothered he's got yeah. a gun in him and he goes yeah you'll find out you I'll kill you I'll kill you I and love that's that. That's not like the brutality of it. Yeah. Everyone's polite, but they're all a bunch of murderers. Yeah. Uh, you know, and counterfeiters and, you know, and extortionists. This is what they all are. There's no loyal, no honour in it. No. And I like Harry Palmer because he's not, he knows it's a job. Also, it's a job. When he turns around and says, if I find out you aren't, I'll yeah. kill you. Yeah. Palmer looks scared. He does. He's properly worried. He's thinking, well, I have killed him. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't mean to kill him. We're in the big boys now. Yeah, this is the FBI or CIA. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to mess with the Americans because, yeah. you know, anything, they are just a department at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. They obviously got a high ranking yeah, yeah. department, so that, but it's still worth So, anyway, I like the way here as well. Of course, Palmer keeps getting followed by that US agent, doesn't he? And. But the way he's not even hiding. No, he's just, he's just standing there. Standing there, just watching. Yeah, I need to hide. I know, yeah. Slightly like Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Quite, quite, it's a, I love the scene where Ross and Dolby are walking in unison down across the bridge by the Thames. And I think, that, isn't it through, um, it's not Finsbury Park, is it High Park? High Park. I think it's High Park. But the way they're both there, their umbrellas and the walker sticks are walking the same kind of thing. And the thing that is the things that are not said, isn't there? Yeah. This is the thing with this conversation. There's loads of scenes like this, you know, in the professionals where you'd have like uh, Cowley and his CI5 and other, and like, you could see they don't like each other. And this is a big problem, the same with a lot of intelligence services. It happened in America. Mm. That There's a brilliant series about things like called the, the Looming Tower, which is about all these rival organisers. And this one, you're meant to be you meant to be on the same side, yeah, but yeah. they're not there. They're, they're the enemy as well, aren't they? Yeah. And this is the thing with that: they're enemies of each other, aren't they? Because you don't really know what organisation they never say that they. If they're my fault, they never no, say no. that they. Some just a secret agency. Yeah, yeah. You don't really know what it is. There's a lot of these little kind of factions, isn't it? All going on, but I like the way that they turn around and they say, "Well, we don't really care what." Happens to Palmer. Oh, well, they don't. Well, he yeah. said, well, he said, oh, that sort of problem, ain't it? Yeah, it'll sort of problem. And a lot of the way he turns around and goes, uh, right, we'll have lunch in our club. And uh, he goes, uh, do they do good food in the club? And he goes, yes, I do. A lovely Dover salt. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you're thinking, Jesus, what's this all about? And a little bit later on, when Palmer knows that he's being set up, because there's another guy found dead in his flat, it's the, F- the, the FBI, FBI guy, he's found dead in his flat, and he goes to, Do- uh, to, Ro- no, to Dolby, doesn't he? And Dolby's in that sports car, and he goes, uh, oh, he's got a cool sports car. Right? Right? And he just turns around and goes, Well, he says something like, Well, you just better make yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, go away. How long has it been? 12 hours. Yeah. You better go, uh, they call it off reservation, don't they? Yeah, yeah go off reservation. Go and hide. No, I don't care about you. Yeah. And it's yet again, it's yet again that. My, a lot of my problem is with Bond is it's a bit too special I think the reality of it is you're an instrument to them yeah and, uh, I mean at, at that point as well before the, the uh, US agent gets killed in his room Jock obviously gets shot in there yeah 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 but Jock is driving Got in his car, car, car yeah, yeah. Is it? which is a uh, oh what's the car I mean, oh, it's not like a, it's like a, it's, oh it's a blue Zodiac car I don't even know I don't even know yeah, it's actually a, a, quite a nice car I like the way that they go T108 is a bench that's where they got to meet. I like that kind of thing. And he tells Dobby all about it. Now, Palmer takes a train, doesn't he? And that's when he gets kidnapped and taken to that cell. 
I love that kind of thing, the way he finds the nail and he's etching it in the wall about his And I love Kane's acting in this way. You do believe that he's been yeah. there for at least like a week to two yeah, weeks, yeah. something like that. Yeah, but yeah. I reckon it could be longer than that. Though, well, yeah, but that's the he thing. He does six lines. Well, he thinks he's in Albania, doesn't he? Because yeah, he said, welcome really to right. the land of my fathers. Yeah. The only thing that's been more realistic, the way he's like instantly, go, oh. yeah. so, yeah, so it would take a bit longer than that, wouldn't it? Well, this is an interesting thing, because I'm sure I read that, you know, he marks the wall. That's meant to be because what you think it's a day, doesn't it? I think it's meant to be weeks. All right, because it's six lines it does, not four. Ah, uh, so it could be weeks. I think right. so. You're not too sure. He's, well, but he's, 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 he, it doesn't look good, does it? Really? I mean, that food as well. He's a you'd think he'd learn his lesson, wouldn't you? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. He all hypnosis thing, and I like the way that he digs that nail into his, his hand so when that he doesn't get, get distracted by, by pain by, by the hypnosis and stuff like that, and then. When he suddenly realises he's in London, that's a bit prisoner he says, isn't it? A bit charms a bit better. He's thinking, hold on a minute, didn't you hear stuff on the outside? Yeah, 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 at yeah, the end yeah. of the day. But the whole thing as well, where you, then he's called Dolby and he's called Ross at the same time, and the way that he has both of them standing at that wall, and then uh, Dolby turns around and does the thing of, listen to me, kill yeah, he, Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. way that in his head, he's... he's he starts to go, move the gun, doesn't he? The yeah. hypnosis started to work. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't he? Doesn't he, he knows he's doing that? Otherwise, he's doing that. He's he's he realizes his hand is in pain. Yeah, and he yeah. shoots. He, then, well, Dolby goes for the gun, doesn't he? And he shoots him. Yeah, yeah. And but, then, and then it's like, yeah, like what they used to do with films like that. Then just ends. It just ends. They used to do that. Like now, you have to have an outro, or you have to have a little bit. No, then just once the story's done. Done. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like that. I like the way they don't really give a shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I do. I do like. Yeah, yeah. I did think of something then before that, and I can't. But like, the same, because I haven't saw um, uh, the next one, Funeral Berlin. Well, there's Funeral in Berlin, and then there's Billion Dollar Brain. Yeah, I'm not talking about the new ones because they're new ones. Bullet as well. to Beijing and Midnight on the oh. something. Oh, they're not right. Uh, Midnight in St Petersburg, I think it's called. Yeah, Blue Virgin. No, it's got Jason Connery in it. Uh, no, it's a TV movie. Uh, it's right. like a Hallmark movie, you know. With, uh, uh, what's yeah, it but I haven't saw, I haven't saw Funeral to Berlin. Or, uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, I don't no. have them, actually. I might buy them, because I suddenly realised how good they are. I did oh, have, that was me. I did have them on, deep, on VHS. I'm sure you did, yeah. I did have them all, yeah. Um, what was it? Oh, that's it. One of the lines in it, where he turned goes, uh, you will enjoy Dolby, he doesn't have my sense of humour. And he goes, I will miss that, sir. Yeah, yeah. And he said, the guy says it again, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, you better not make a mistake. He goes, I don't have Ross's sense of humour. He goes, yes, I will miss that, sir. Yeah, that that, 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 like I said, because the thing with him, he's, a, he's an outsider, isn't he? Yeah. That's what I like about him. He's like, he's doing it all for a job. He's not patriotic. He don't give a shit. He don't give a shit about any of his job, really. He's just doing it. And he's going along with it, mainly because it gets him out of prison. And that's when he first put him in that prison. He's scared, you know? Yeah. Because I think if that's meant to be, yeah, this could be you. He this knows be... this could be him. Do you know what Ipcri stands for? Oh, it's, uh, there's a bit when he reads a book, but I can't remember what it is, what is it? Induction of psychoneurosis by conditional reflex under stress. Oh. That's what that stands for. On the first day of shooting, director Sidney J. Fur gathered the cast together and said, this is what I think of the script. He then set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> which is nice isn't it Harry Palmer is depicted in an accomplished cook but when you see Palmer skillfully breaking the eggs of course that is Len Dayton uh, Dayton was an accomplished cook and also wrote a comic strip about cooking for the Observer the walls of Palmer's kitchen are full of these comic strips oh, right. so if you look at that in Palmer's kitchen um, this is interesting actually um, where is it where does that? oh yeah Major Dolby wears a blue tie with thin yellow on red stripes this is the regimental tie of the Royal Electrical and Mechanical Engineers, which is his former regiment. Yeah. Colonel Ross wears a blue and red striped tie, indicating service in a regiment of the Brigade of Guards, Grenadier Guards, or Scots Guards. Oh, right. So there we go. Now, that's how I think about it. Why not ones? Is there a lot of books? Did there a lot of books, Harry Palmer books, you know? No, I don't think there was. I because to me, I think you could do a new series of this. Yeah. I, I think you could, even in this day and age, like they've done with a lot of stuff. Mm. I oh. think you could be updated, I really do, because you can have that kind of bloke. No? There must be the books from the sequel, the initial yeah. sequels that came out. Although I think there's bits from them, I think. I don't know. I know that the, the recent TV ones, well, I say recently, early 90s, yeah, well, no, they, they would not, had nothing to do with Len Dayton, although, we, although it was called Len Dayton's... Uh, yeah, no, I think you could do a cracking TV. But then again, I've always as I said, and I big finish you doing it, that you could do a really new TV series of Callan. Yeah. Because Callan and Palmer are very similar. Both ex yeah, yeah, yeah. both in trouble all the time, yeah, yeah. both doing jobs they don't want to do, although, of course, Callan is more ruthless. Yeah, that more you know, ruthless. More psychotic, yeah. although Palmer isn't. 
Come on, we'd like to turn around. I'd love to turn around and tell you that's the end of the show. But it's not, is it? It's not. Is mate. it old, old um, 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 thingies there? Okay. Yeah. Is it deep? Once again, I haven't read it. Oh, right. So Go I should then. do my best not to laugh too much. Anyway, maybe I won't laugh. Yeah, yeah. No, anyway. It might not be funny. He's also sent us three photographs of himself wearing a skirt, uh, Goosey, and uh, another one on a stag which I should show you tomorrow. Not Insect Pete. Is it Insect Pete? No, it's Goosey. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no, no, right, Remember last time? Insect Pete was not on his good book, so here yeah. we go. Hello, Waffles. How is you and Mad Dog Face Kelly? All right. <laughs> well, I am still not back with German ex-girlfriend with the, with the big head. I have seen her around. I was in town a few days after we breaks up waffles, and it was very busy. And in a big crowd, I saw, <laughs> I saw the top of her huge head, way above the <laughs> the crowd's heads, and I knew it was her. So I rushed into a shop and watched through the window, and there she was holding her big head up. I hate her waffles. She breaks my heart. <laughs> I hate her waffles when she breaks my heart when she pipes off insect Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Goosey and Johnny Albo. <laughs> is that new one? We have had Johnny Albo before. <laughs> oh, this is the reason why. Okay, it's the reason why. Okay, Goosey and Johnny Albo takes me away to Blackpool for a weekend to try and cheese me up. I love it, waffles. We had some chips and had a donkey ride on the beach. I ride the donkey as his owner wanks him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, waffles and think donkey did too we go out in the night time and we goes out and after some drinks we joins a group on a stag party and spends the night with them it was brilliant but then insect Pete tries to ring me he made love to my girlfriend mouth and now he wants to be my friend I ignores him so that's what the photographs are for then oh right yeah yeah Jeez, how much of this is true <laughs> Goosey had arranged somewhere for us to stay so we headed there, but he passes all the hotels and we seem to be walking away from all the places to stay. Eventually, we was in a lay-by and he pointed at, us <laughs> at a white van and said, ta-da. He opens the van and there's mattresses in the back. I ask him if he's kidding, but he says he wasn't. And it's where his cousin who lives in Blackpool brings girls back <laughs> when he's been out. I didn't really want to sleep on a mattress covered in love juices and stuff, <laughs> but it was 3am and I was very tired and drunk and tired. The three of us lies down to go to sleep, and I was asleep the second my head hit the... Hit the what? I was asleep the second my head, head hit the spunky mattress. <laughs> <laughs> but later on, I wakes up, I stub up and smack my head on the van roof and knocks myself out. I wakes up later, and I was getting wet. I think the van has a leaky roof. The water was going all over me, in my face and my mouth, and I couldn't see, it was dark. But when I find my phone and light up the screen, <laughs> I, see, I see Goosey standing up, pissing all over us, <laughs> as he thought it was in the toilet. <laughs> we had to leave the van, and I spent the rest of the night sleeping in a bush. We went home the next day, and I had a great night, and I've sent you some photos to look at. Oh, and I realised the next day that Insect Pete had left me a voicemail. German girlfriend is pregnant. And doesn't know if it's me or insect the dad. Loves you. Bye bye, Rob K. <laughs> Someone, if it was girl going, needs to go on Jamie Kyle. Jamie Kyle. Need a paternity test. Maybe we could read out the paternity <laughs> test live on air. That'd be good. Oh dear, I think that I can see that was left on a cliffhanger, Cal. <laughs> that was a cliffhanger. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we do know what we're doing now. We've done a serious spy film, so we thought we'd do something highbrow. Cal. Borat. Borat. Or Borat. 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 Yeah. One yeah. of the most offensive, stroke, funniest comedies known to man. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put clips in that due to the fact of understanding what he says. <laughs> and it's very visual. So, yeah, so Baba is going to be uh, yeah, April, Ma March, yeah, June. Yeah, mainly as well because we haven't done anything about Sasha Baron Cohen who's been yeah. part of our life growing up and it's just been a... Uh, and also Vicky Gervais, so we can, we can add on that as well, can't yeah. we? So, there we go. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next month. Goodbye. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. 
Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. Oh, 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 oh,